This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. In the last hour, about the fact that poverty is not a blessing, poverty is a curse. Poverty is a curse. And that the basis of our prosperity is the finished work of redemption. It's part of why Jesus came. It's part of why Jesus died. Yes, he made spiritual life available to spiritually dead men. Now, it's like healing. Can there be a person who um, is saved but is sick? If they die, where will they go? Heaven, of course. They'll go to heaven. They'll even get there before the rest of us. You know, maybe get there a little too early too. You know, we know what's most important is the new birth. And it's the crux. It's the basis. But you see, they don't have to die sick either. Because there's healing in redemption. And also, thank God we can have new birth. You know, have spiritual life. Have physical health. But we don't have to be poor either. Amen. God wants us rich. God wants us rich. Say with me, God wants me rich. Say it one more time. God wants me rich. Say it again. God wants me rich. Tell your neighbor, God wants you rich. Tell another neighbor, God wants you rich. Amen. Praise God. So, you see, we need to change our thinking about that. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And you know, you can be apologetic about prosperity. But God doesn't want us apologetic about it. He wants us rich. Yes, because some people are extreme, doesn't mean uh, I, I should be in the other extreme. Amen. He wants us rich. He wants us rich. He wants us to have a full supply. He wants us to have abundant provision. Amen. He wants us to have enough and also a whole lot over so we can be generous towards the work of God. Amen. So God wants us rich. Poverty is not a blessing. Poverty is a curse. And we are redeemed from the curse of poverty. So prosperity belongs to us in Christ. It's the will of God for us to prosper materially, for us to prosper financially. You know, the devil has us hoodwinked in the church world. You know, a nightclub can have, they can have a beautiful space, a beautiful building, you know, and nobody thinks of it. A cocaine peddler can live in a beautiful house, can drive a beautiful car, but a Christian had better not. Isn't it? And then they'll say, ah, they are, they, are, they, are, they are having these world's goods. You know, that uh, earth, heaven is my home. You know, I'm just passing through this earth. Yeah, I know, you're passing through. But you don't have to, in passing through, God wants your journey to be good. Yes, sir. Amen. God wants your journey to be good. If you've ever been kicked out of your house, if you've ever not been able to eat because you didn't have money, you know poverty is not good. There's nothing good about poverty. Amen. Now, let's go a step further. Let's talk about qualifications. Qualifications 
for prosperity. Does prosperity happen automatically? Do people just prosper? Listen, there are qualifications for prosperity. We need to qualify. The reason some people aren't prospering is because they don't qualify. Amen. Now, don't say I said what I didn't say. Don't say I said anybody who is poor is not serving God. No, I didn't say so. There are many people who are rich who are serving the devil. Yeah, there are many people who are poor who love the Lord. But I'm just saying God doesn't want us poor. That's what I'm saying. And sometimes people are poor just because they don't know that God wants them rich. And also, just like healing, there's a whole lot in that spectrum of healing. Right? There's a whole lot. There's a whole lot to prosperity. There's a whole lot. And what we'll endeavor to do in the next few days is to examine different things, different aspects, and emphasize certain key truths that God wants us to get a hold of so that we can prosper the way he wants us to. Praise the Lord. Now, like I said, we want to look this hour qualifications for prosperity. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews. Three main things that I see from God's word that we need to, uh, three main areas we need to fix if we're going to prosper in God, if we're going to prosper God's way. Hebrews 11. I read from verse 24 to 26. The Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now, we see here this man Moses, and this is a virtue that's being spoken of here. And what do we see? We see that Moses rather identified with the people of God and suffered reproach than enjoy the affluence of being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. First thing, first area we need to sort out if we're going to, if we're going to prosper. First area of qualification that I feel, you know, we need to emphasize primarily is this, esteeming earthly things lightly. Esteeming earthly things lightly. If you want to prosper in God, you need to esteem earthly things lightly. See, the Bible says, charge them that are rich in this world not to be high-minded, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. We're not to put our faith in riches. We're not to put our confidence in riches. We're not to love riches. We're to love God. You know, sometimes we, a fellow can love money and use people. We're to love people and use money. Are you listening? We are to esteem earthly things lightly. We are to esteem earthly things lightly. Look at Pharaoh, uh, Moses. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? Because he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. What was the reason? He esteemed the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. We have to esteem the things of God first. 
We have to esteem earthly things lightly. God has to come first in our lives. The word of God has to come first. You know, there are people who, if someone scratches their car, they can fight there and remove their, remove their wristwatch, get in a boxing bout because someone scratched their car. You know, someone is ironing and the person ironing burns their shirt. The way some people will curse, you won't believe that they ever stepped in the four walls of a church ever in their lives. Now, I'm not saying we should encourage people to burn our clothes. I'm not saying we should encourage people to bash our cars. But I'm saying, can we just put first things first? There are people who will borrow money to buy gold so that they can belong, so that they can look good in that party, so that when they show, they must to take. Ah, ah, waiting them be. Who, who be there? Who born there? They know no say, now me be this. You know. You know, we can have those attitudes. But will that be godly? No. We must esteem earthly things lightly. Now, there are many people who want to go to Canada. And maybe you are one of them and you're listening to me. But I'm not saying don't go to Canada. You know, but I'm just saying, is God telling you to go to Canada? Or have you even thought about praying whether you should go to Canada? Oh, as long as there's a better life. As long as there's money. Have you even prayed about it? You offered a better job somewhere. The job has three times the amount of money you're earning. But in the place where that job is, you can be in a good church. There's no good church around in that area. But some people are not thinking about good church. Who cares about good church in some people's minds? Who cares about a good company? Uh, as long as pepper the rest. Dollar poor. Don't you get it? Dollar and pound. And they now even add euro to it. Show hard currency. Hard currency. As long as some people can get hard currency, you know, that is, they are okay. God is not in the equation. Their spiritual life, they are not even thinking about it. Their family is not that important. But can I have more money? You know, it's like, it's like, it's like children. Sometimes we think that if I can just earn more money, get them to better schools, give them more, mo more money, get them more things, buy them more toys, get, get them better cars, you know, just make these kids happy. Yeah, they appreciate those things. Hmm? But they would rather have you than those things. You spending time with them, or spending time with them is more important than things. Things are good. Things are good, don't get me wrong. You know, money is neither good nor bad. Money is an amplifier. Someone said, when that guy had more money, went to marry a second wife. He always wanted to marry a second wife. He just didn't have the money to do it. Money will bring out what is in your heart. Money will bring it out. It's not money that put it there. It was there. Money just helped it to come out. And if what's in your heart too is how you can, you know, study more books, listen to more tapes, be in more meetings, when more money comes into your hands, that's what you're going to use it for. You know, give more towards the gospel, see God's work expand. The money will bring it out. So it's an amplifier. Are you listening? 
But you see, we must esteem earthly things lightly. We must put God first. Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Bible says, and all these things shall be added unto you. So God's kingdom must come first. The things of God must come first. Serving God must come first. Obeying God must come first. The word of God must come first. Psalm 1, from verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So you see that if we are to prosper, we must delight in God's word. Psalm 119 verse 97. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. So God's word has to be our numero uno. Before any material thing. Before any material comfort. You know, sometimes we're so busy working for a living. We don't have time to read the Bible. Yeah. Have you discovered that you always have time for what you consider important? Always. Always. See, where your heart is, that is where your treasure will be. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Amen. Let's put first things first. Let's, let's esteem earthly things lightly. Let's esteem earthly things lightly. I know there's no student like that, but there are people who you give them a CD, or maybe they go after their church service, they go to the tapes or CD stand. Say, how much is that? CD? Say, 200 naira. And they will almost start ha having an epileptic seizure. <laughs> Over 200 naira. Ah! 200! How? Uh, isn't this thing 80 naira? Isn't this thing 50 naira? As if it's tomato. You know? And the same person almost having an epileptic seizure. Over 200 naira for a CD. Right? We'll go to an eatery. And we'll just, and 3,000 naira will just lay down his life for their tummy. And they don't think anything of it. Let's esteem earthly things lightly. If we're going to prosper, let's put first things first. Let's put first things first. How, what's on your priority list, what comes first? Look at how you've spent money in the last six months. What or where has the bulk of your money gone? Tells you where your priority is. Let's put first things first. Let's esteem earthly things lightly. When you want to make a decision, ask yourself, okay, there's money. Money is important. But listen, never put money first. I've learned to always put money last. I always put money last. Any decision I want to make, anything, yeah, there's money. It's one thing to consider, but I consider it last. There are things many times more important. There was a man, he was um, uh, going to relocate. He got another job that was going to give him more money. But the job was going to get him to a place where his spiritual life was going to suffer. 
but he didn't even think about it. The, the, the better job was going to put him in a place where his family was going to suffer. But he didn't even think about it. It's not important. Yeah, I know there are times we need to make some sacrifices. Yes, but can we just put God first? Can we just ask ourselves, all right, this decision, have I even prayed about it? Now, also, other than even praying about it and having a definite leading either which way, based on biblical values, based on God's value system, based on God's priorities, what's really most important? Should I go in this direction? You know, it's not every time you'll have an express leading this way or that way. There are some times, just based on the word of God, just based on biblical values, Amen. Let's put first things first and esteem earthly things lightly. Esteem earthly things lightly. Our second qualification I want to talk about. Number one, I said esteem earthly things lightly. Put first things first. The second one, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. The Bible says, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Notice it doesn't say, if ye eat the good of the land, ye will then be willing and obedient. And notice it doesn't say, if ye be willing to eat the good of the land, then maybe you should, can be obedient. No, it says, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Sometimes we're willing to eat the good of the land, but we're not willing to obey God. Philippians 2.13 says it's God who works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, we're born again. We're children of God. We have his nature in us. Yes, there's the flesh. The flesh doesn't necessarily want to do the right thing, but our spirits have been reborn. Our spirits have been recreated. And Galatians 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we're to let our spirits rule us. We're to let our spirits dominate us. And we're to see to it that we obey God. And you know you can obey God and you obey God grudgingly. Remember what God told uh, what um, God told Saul you know in 1 Samuel 15 22 and 23 through Samuel that to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. That as God has much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the word of the Lord. See, God wants us to obey him. Obey him. So if you're going to prosper, you need to be willing and obedient. Job 36, 11 says, if they will obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. So there's something about obeying God. You know, obeying God. Obeying the plan of God for your life. Obeying the purpose of God for your life. And not just obeying him, obeying him willingly. You know, there are some times we obey God, but we're not willing about it. We don't do it of a ready mind and of a willing heart. And you know, God knows. God knows. Sometimes we're bragging about how much we're sacrificing to serve God. As if we're doing God a favor, serving him. As if God... A whole important me. A big me. Don't you know me? As big as I am. I'm doing this for you. You better be thanking your stars. 
that they hold me, I'm serving you. You know, sometimes that's the attitude we have about serving God. Listen, it's a privilege to serve God. It's a honor to serve him. See, the greatest honor God has conferred upon us is for us to be joint fellowshippers with him in carrying out his will for the redemption of the human race. It's a privilege. And we're to be grateful for it. So we're to obey him fully. You see, partial obedience, God still sees it as disobedience. God told uh, Saul, you should go to Amalek, destroy everyone. Destroy all of them. Destroy those animals. Destroy everything. Don't touch the accursed thing, any of those accursed things. Well, Saul got there and he took some choice animals and he left Hagag. You know, God had told him, destroy everyone. He didn't do that. He disobeyed God. Yeah, he killed some other people. He did some of the things God said. He obeyed God partially, but not fully. Not fully. When Saul died, the Bible says that he died because he transgressed. He disobeyed the word of the Lord and he consulted the witch at Endor. Someone, one who had a familiar spirit. That's why the Bible said he died. And his sons, all in one day. You see, obedience is a big deal to God. And not just obedience, willing obedience. Willing obedience. Brother Hagin, Kenneth E. Hagin, a blessed memory, he pastored for almost 12 years, 11 years and 9 months. First Sunday in February of 1949, at the Lord's direction, he went out in field ministry as an itinerant minister. And um, after one solid year, from February to January, February 1949 to January 1950. He said he went to God and said, Lord, your word says in Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Look, I did what you told me to do, but I'm the worse off for obeying you. You said I'll eat the good of the land. I'm not eating any good of any land. I'm eating the bad of the land. In fact, I'm even struggling to eat, to eat it at all. He showed God, he brought his financial record, that the last church he pastored, the salary he was paid, and the income that has come into him every month since he went out on field ministry in obedience to God, that it was short by $100. The difference was less by $100 every month. Now, $100 then, maybe like $2,000 now, every month, $100 less. So that's $1,200 in 12 months. He said, and now, out of what was left, out of what was left, he now had to take care of the utility bills. When he was pastoring, the church took care of the utility bills. Now, half of the food they ate was provided by church members. Now he had to pay for all the food. Meetings that he attended, convention meetings that he attended, the church sent him there and will even get him a new suit. Will, you know, do all those things. Get his wife a new dress. He said all those things happened then. He said, but now he's had to pay the money from his own pocket. So he was worse off. Worse off. Many times worse off for obeying God. So he began to pray and seek the Lord and took that scripture to him. Isaiah 119. He said, you said if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Look, I obeyed you. I sacrificed. That church I was in was the best one I'd ever pastored. The one in Van, Texas. We had the best salary we had ever paid. 
We had the best attendance in church we had ever had. We had the best attendance in Sunday school. Everything was just perfect. The church was ready to vote in him, vote him in as the life pastor forever till he dies. The board wanted him, you know. But he said because he knew that 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 God wanted him to go out in field ministry. He obeyed God. And God, look at me. I obeyed you. I have nothing to show for it. Now I'm owing three banks. I'm behind. Three loans, you know, on, from the bank. Three loans. My kids are not adequately fed. They are not adequately clothed. They were living in a three-room house. I didn't say a three-bedroom. A three-room house. It was awful, you know. He said, Lord, what's going on? But you told me to go out in field ministry. I went out and I obeyed you. And look at what I have to show for it. He was seeking God about it. He said, about the second day of his fast, he said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, do you know why you're not eating the good of the land? He said, that verse of scripture has the answer. He says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Yes, you obeyed me. Yes, I spoke to you. You went out on field ministry at my leading, but you were never willing. You still are not willing. Look at, you are complaining about how you obeyed me. You are complaining about what you have to give up. You are still unwilling about it. That's why you are not eating the good. He said, my God. He said, he got willing in 10 seconds. He <laughs> said, God had already told him he was willing. So he's willing, Abby. Uh-uh. What does it take? Is it to make an adjustment? Eh? Here and now, I adjust. He said he just adjusted his heart. Amen. And that's the same for us. It could be some area in God's word, some light God has showed you in his word. You see, one thing about God is this. Sometimes we're obeying God in some areas, right? And we're disobeying him in some other areas. Yes, the areas where we're obeying him, things will keep working. But they will only keep working till a certain extent. A time is going to come when that obedience will catch up. And really, we're in disobedience. With God, partial obedience is disobedience. See, God wants us sold out to him. You can't claim God's best until you give him your best. Are you listening? The Bible says, refuse profane. First Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Refuse profane and old wives' fables. And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. It says, your bodily exercise profited little. But godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So you see, godliness is profitable. Now, one thing about God is this. God doesn't necessarily pay you by the first of the month or by the last day of the month or by the 25th of the month or by the last day of, of the year or the first of the new year. No. But you see, God has not called the sons of Jacob to seek him in vain. He's no man's debtor. You can't outgive God. You can't. You can't. There are times when there could seemingly be sacrifices involved in obeying God. But you see, we need to make the consecration and the dedication to say, Father, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will go wherever you want me to go. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my name, but yours be magnified. And have that heart of being sold out to him. If we're going to prosper, like God will have us prosper. So we said, number one, esteem earthly things lightly. Don't let money be a big deal to you. Put spiritual things first. Put money last. 
Amen. We said number two, be willing and obedient. Be willing and obedient to the word of God that has been revealed to you. Be willing and obedient to the plan of God that he has spoken to your spirit about. There are people who sometimes say, yeah, I know God has called me to ministry. But I want to make money first. You know, I want to succeed in my career first. Now, look, there are times there's a call on someone's life. And, the, and God may want the person, pursue your career some more. You know, don't do ministry full time in that sense. There are times when that's what God is saying. There are some people who are walking by the side. And that's okay. So I'm not saying go quit your job because you're called. And I'm not saying enter the call tomorrow. You know, put in your resignation tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this. Make the consecration in your heart to obey God. And do it willingly. Don't do something foolish. There are times you may need counsel. You know, from your pastor. There are times you may need godly counsel. About, you know, stepping into some things. So I'm not saying go rush. I'm not saying, you see, the Bible says, he that doesn't provide for his own, especially those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Many times in ministry, when things are just starting, uh, they, may not, they, they may not start so big. And you may need to have something else on the side to cater for your family. That's just being responsible. Are you, are you listening? So I'm not saying, you know, if you, if you are called and you haven't shut down everything you're doing to do ministry full-time that you're in disobedience. That's not necessarily the case. Sometimes there is a timing. Are you listening? Yeah, there's a timing to it. Sometimes there's a preparation time. So I'm not saying go and rush and do something foolish in the name of I want to obey God. No, follow his timing. But I'm saying sometimes we know that we know that we know that we know that God is wanting us to do certain things. And we know that this is the time we are to do it. If that's the case, then do it. Amen. With a heart of consecration. With a willing heart. A willing heart. He said, what if I have trouble with getting willing? See, one thing I've seen is this. Meditation empowers the will. Meditation empowers the will. God works in us, Philippians 2.13, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How does he work in us? 1 Thessalonians 2.13, his word works in us. Just take that instruction God gave you and just meditate in it. Just meditate in it. Just think about it. Amen. And listen, it doesn't cost to serve God. It pays off. Now, there are times it may seem to be costly. There are times it may look like you're foregoing something. Moses sure, uh, it sure cost Moses something to go without all that honor and prestige. But you notice that God used the same Moses to bring Pharaoh to his knees. Yeah. And God, God honor. Imagine he had sided in with the wrong camp because of the worldly honor. You know, the Bible says he that will be a friend of the world will be an enemy of God. Yeah. Not necessarily what's popular. But what is God telling me? Do it. And do it with a willing heart. With a willing heart. Well, the third thing, the third qualification, if we're going to prosper, and this is one area that many people, this is one reason many people aren't prospering, is that we need to think, number three, we need to think in line with God's word. Think in line with God's word. Think in line with God's word. 
See, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, if you think wrong, you're going to believe wrong. If you believe wrong, you're going to speak wrong. And our words dominate us. So what you think determines what you believe. What you believe determines what you say. Are you listening? So our thinking, believing, and speaking are to align with the word of God. In this area of prosperity, many Christians have stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. Our thinking in this area is a mess many times. And sometimes because of, you know, maybe our upbringing, maybe the way we were brought up. You know? You know, there are people that pray for their pastor. Oh God, keep him humble and we'll make sure he stays poor. Yeah. That's how they see it. There are people that think that once you start having money, then you're backsliding. Once you start being comfortable, then you're no longer serving God. You know, there are people that think that when people don't have, when people are broke, when people are poor, yes, those are the ones really serving God. Sometimes you have that kind of thinking. Yes, I know there are people who are extreme on materialism. You know, materialism isn't good. God doesn't want us to love money. That's true. The love of money is the root of all evil. God doesn't want us to be extravagant. God doesn't want us to be excessive. God doesn't want us to be wasteful. God doesn't want us to be, to be vain. He doesn't. He doesn't. But listen, he wants us rich. He wants us rich. Rich is not a sin. Rich is not bad. There's nothing bad about having your needs met. There's nothing bad about having your wants supplied. Nothing bad about it. So in this area, our thinking many times is faulty. Our thinking is faulty. Now, of course, we also know this, that rich is a relative term. Isn't it? In a village, rich may mean having a bicycle. Yes. Rich may mean being the only one with a motorcycle and everybody else walks. Yes. Rich is different in different people's situations. But rich means a full supply. Rich means abundant provision. And rich is God's will. God wants us rich. God wants us rich. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound towards us so that we having always all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. See, this is what happened to us. You know, to a, we saw some extremes in the area of prosperity. And because we saw those extremes, I'm even talking about some of us preachers, we now began to pull back in the area of prosperity. And we began to get a bit apologetic. You know, and we now began to get careful. Until we were so careful that we almost became stupid. 
and we were no longer preaching the truth because we didn't want to be classed with and classified with that extreme. Yes, some things are extreme, no doubt. But you know what? It doesn't do away with the truth of the word of God. What fights an extreme is not another extreme. It's the truth of God's word spoken in love. First church, Brother Higging pastored. They never took an offering. He never collected tithes, never collected anything. He said he was living by faith. Never took an offering. There was never, never, except one time. There was one time, one lady, she was playing the piano. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of it, she just jumped. said, the Lord spoke to me. Of course, this was 1930-something. Said, the Lord spoke to me that Brother Hagin needs $3. I'm going to take him an offering right now. They didn't even have offering baskets. She removed uh, a hat and they passed it. The offering came to $3 and some cents over. Yeah. She was spot on. He actually needed $3 for something. Other than that time, they never took an offering in that church. Well, he left that church, went to another church. And then God began to speak to him. He said, do you know that first church you pastored? Yes. The Lord said, you cheated those people. You robbed them. You claimed you were living by faith. It wasn't faith. It was ego. Yeah. You didn't teach them to give. And because you didn't teach them to give, I couldn't bless them like I wanted to bless them. Can you see that? So because of one extreme doesn't mean we should go to the other extreme. Is there such a thing in the Bible as giving? Yes, it's there. Now, is it the only thing about prosperity? It's not. There's a place of good spending habits. There's a place of good savings habits. There's a place of good work ethic. You know, that's all a part of the prosperity message. If all we preach is about give, 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 and we don't tell people to go to school, to get good jobs, to work diligently, then we're not really preaching prosperity. We're just preaching a lopsided message. So we need to preach everything. Are you listening to me? Amen. But you see, give is also a part of it. And we'll get to some of those things. And we'll examine what does the word of God say about some of these things. And you know, sometimes we can even give, but give with the wrong motive. You know, let's see, what does God's word say about it? There are people that the reason they tithe is because they are afraid of the devourer. Yeah. Some people tithe because of guilt. Yeah. I've seen offerings taken, you know. Now, I travel quite some, so I'm in a lot of places. So you don't know where I'm talking about. So don't guess, you know. I've seen offerings taken, and people were put on a guilt trip. And then sometimes some people gave. I've seen people give what they really couldn't afford. You know, people can give just because they want to impress. There have been a lot of those things. Especially we charismatics. Bless our darling hearts. And sometimes our stupid heads. Us. So I'm not talking about, I'm talking about us. Us. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, because there have been those extremes, doesn't mean we should jump to the other one. Doesn't mean we should jump to the other one. Amen. So we need to get our thinking right. Our thinking straight in this area. You know, there are people who are like Judas. When somebody took a whole year's worth of, a year's salary, and perfumo, 
of a year's salary and just squandered it. Squandered, squandered. You know, many of us, just put yourself in that picture. What would you have said? Say, Abba, Abba, you're wasting God's money. Jesus didn't think that way. Amen. So, our thinking along these areas, we need to change our thinking. We need to renew our minds with the word of God. Now, let's look at some scriptures. Quoted them earlier. Let's go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 25. It says, I've been young and I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Let's go to Psalm 35. Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm 35, verse 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So, is God pleased when we prosper? He is. Let's go to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 10. In fact, let's read from verse 8. It says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Verse 9. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no what? There is no what? There is no want to them that fear him. Verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. They shall not want any good thing. Those who seek the Lord. Those who seek the Lord. They will not want any good thing. So it's not just that their needs will be met. Even their wants. Their wants. They will not want any good thing. So God wants our wants to be taken care of. Let's go to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. Psalm 92, verse 12. It says, The righteous shall, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. It shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those cedars, my God, they are huge. And that's how God said the righteous will flourish. Amen. Psalm 128, from verse 1. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Says thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. So, God wants you to have your house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Amen. Verse 5 says, The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Let's go to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. Psalm 84. Verse 11. It says, For the Lord God 
is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. 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 Will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Amen. So, serving God doesn't mean being poor. He won't withhold any good thing from them that walk uprightly. Amen. He won't withhold any good thing. Job. Job chapter 5. Job chapter 5. Job chapter 5. I'll read from verse 20. It says, In famine he shall redeem thee from death, and in war from the power of the sword. Thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue. Neither shalt thou be afraid of destruction when it cometh. At destruction and famine thou shalt laugh. Neither shalt thou be afraid of the beasts of the earth. For thou shalt be in league with the stones of the field. And the beasts of the field shall be at peace with thee. And thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace. And thou shalt visit thy habitation and shall not sin. Thou shalt know also that thy seed shall be great, and thine offspring as the grass of the earth. Thou shalt come to thy grave in a full age, like as a shock of corn cometh in in a season. For lo, this we have searched it. So it is. Hear it, and know thou it for thy good. Amen. Job 36. Job 36. Verse 11. It says, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Amen. So he wants us, he, he wants our needs met. So I said, well, all those are in the Old Testament. I'm glad you said so. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I think this is New Testament now. Don't you think so? Verse 32. It says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Now, what are the things he's talking about? If you read from verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be subtracted from you. Is that what it says? Added unto you. Added unto you. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 9 says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, 
that you through his poverty might be rich. Chapter 9, chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, so that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. You see, he wants us rich. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to the economy of your country. According to, you know, what you have seen. No. According to his riches in glory. According to his riches in glory. No, the Bible says, I shall guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me up into glory. It says he will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So you see, we need to think straight. We need to think right. We need to think in line with God's word. Yes, he doesn't want us covetous. He doesn't want us uh, putting our trust in uncertain riches. He wants our hearts to be neat with him. But he is the one who richly gives us all things to enjoy. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.